Um, but we're here today to uh, review the article that came out this week, which was the state of the city, because I think there were probably four or five points in it that were eyebrow-raising uh, to people. Uh, I know they were to me, and I would like to talk them through with the guys here, uh, Kevin being the person who obviously was there uh, front and center. And, you know, Tim, uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, Lyman Drive, River's Edge. You know, you've had some dealings with the guys over there that's kind of becoming a hub, converges over there. You know, so there's wonderful, wonderful people at River's Edge. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. So let's get right into it. Uh, I think, let me ask briefly, Kevin, what was your perception of the event? It was a crooked can. How did you feel about it? Did they come off well? Was it presented well? Was it organized right? Did you feel like it was a, a showpiece like it should be? Very much so. Um, I think it's a good I I enjoy that it's outside the confines of City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, she's speaking about the state of the city, and uh, and what better place to have it than our historic and growing uh, downtown Old Hilliard. Right. Um, and that's changed a lot. For the people who have lived here as long as I have, um, it, it's hard to describe it really, uh, what it was even 15 or um, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is certainly... Well, even um, when I moved here in 2014... That was right before they started in earnest pouring a lot of money into developing, mm-hmm. you know, redoing the sidewalks, redoing the parking, the planters and mm-hmm. the lights and all that stuff they put in. And then seeing projects like Center Street Market come in, that huge uh, expansion that they did on Odie's that isn't really put to use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been crazy how different it is and how much of a viable main street it's become whereas before it was there wasn't a heck of a lot to do there well it's definitely turned the volume up there (coughs) and i know there's been uh debate up and down the various strips that make up hilliard as to you know who's getting the the bright lights right uh and that's always going to come up and it should come up there should be the push pull for resources and the push pull for uh, attention in that way and you know like you said I I don't know uh, if we looked at it all told what the level of the city commitment budget is you know they definitely went in on the splash pad and the station refit and they definitely went in on first responders park you know and they did a lot of um, I think they did a lot of uh, rehab in that parking area but I don't know if that those costs were split between crooked can and all that you know hmm. I just think, in general, um, you know, with uh, the tacos and, and different things coming together at different times, like I said, this article points to the idea that we're into a maturing development cycle, mm-hmm. and one part of Hilliard feels like it's very much in a maturing portion of that uh, growth cycle. You know, it will go through another and another and another if <coughs> if things continue on. Um, you know, certain trajectories of population growth and everything else. But, you know, in this uh, state of the city, they they did speak about wanting to focus a little bit on the Cemetery Road corridor and and some of the other things along those lines. So, you know, shifting focus again, you know, changing uh, uh, the direction of what the what the city is targeting for development is is an indication of um, where this where we want to go on this. So, Talk us through a little bit about, uh, you know, in order, I think they led off with Recreation and Wellness Campus, right? That was early in the address, uh, yes. Okay. The groundbreaking's so, April 14th, and uh, 
And that project also includes um, extending Cosgray Road. Uh, they will do an extension to Cosgray Road uh, south of side of Darby Road. Uh, it'll, it'll meander through the campus and hook into Alton Darby Road um, at some point um, north of side of Darby Road. And I think north of Davis Road, too, but I'd have to look on the map to be sure about that. So that's going in right where the soccer fields are? Yeah, in the, in the, in the, in the same area. Okay. Uh, I, I think there, there's still discussion about how that will all I think that came sort out, the, out. They were going to take almost all that. They were going to take almost mm-hmm. all that soccer field for the development. Mm-hmm. But they had already uh, come to accommodations on new ground. To relocate. Sure. Well, Lizzie's just started soccer last week, and so we're practicing when you go into that parking lot. Her practice field is on the right. The ones on the left where the little kids played, those are no longer in use. Those have already started to be dug up mm-hmm. when I was there for practice. Yeah. Uh, what day is it now? Practice yesterday. So they're not practicing there, and I think they're putting temporary fields for those practices near Washington Elementary. Over off Rings Road. I think, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of people at the shop, you know, when people come through for donuts. <laughs> hi, hey. hi, everybody. I'm the donut guy. <coughs> hey. If you didn't already know. Um, but talking to everybody, a lot of people have said that they are very much ready for this kind of thing. They think it's extremely overdue, and uh, they think... It's the kind of thing that a city this size should have, and that's that. You know, Kevin and I have talked about, you know, the budget and what that's looking like given recent, you know, inflection points and the cost of money itself and all sorts of other things. So, um, you know, uh, as uncertain as a lot of that stuff is, you know, we're we're kind of moving ahead on this major project either way. Um, and as we go through some of these other points, I think that's another thing to mention is that confidence is very high. Like, <coughs> from the standpoint of the city, wouldn't you say, given even recent events, you know, that slight embarrassment of fishing scandals aside, this state of the city, I mean, I, I gave it away in the headline. This feels fairly triumphal. Hmm. Absolutely. And that was more a misstep, I think, than... Um Another financial problem that occurred yeah. five or six years ago, which more systemic, was more low, more more systemic, and from within, yeah. Right. Unlike 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 this one, so right. Um, but yeah, this does feel very mature. This does feel very um, you know growth oriented. They moved on, uh, not to give short shrift to this development. It is going to be significant. I can go through some of these details really briefly. I don't, I don't think anybody's lacking for that. That's why. Uh, Kevin wrote an excellent piece on it. The community center? Yeah, but uh, just briefly, it's a 105,000 square foot facility. There's going to be an ongoing partnership with OSU in the form of the Wexner Medical Center uh, campus that's going to be integrated. Um, It is a $70 million project and funded in part by a percentage income tax increase uh, that was approved in November 21. And um, you know, people say, let's see here, construction just west of Roger Reynolds, uh, include an aquatic facility, community event rooms, commercial and teaching kitchen, multi-use activity space, 25,000 square foot wellness center, previously mentioned, uh, and wellness. other amenities. I mean, courts, all sorts of 
uh, athletic courts and, and support uh, facilities. It's going to be something else. Does wellness center mean exercise equipment? Correct. There's going to be all sorts of stuff in there. That's uh, cool. I guess the com- the main comparison to be made would be to Dublin's uh, thing. That you know, I'm familiar with that facility. So making. I was about to ask if you'd been to the one in in Dublin. Sure. Uh, I've not been inside the one in Westerville, but it, it looks pretty large. And um, yeah, that's a list of large the... too. I spent I spent a good amount of time in the Dublin wellness center i've been inside that one too the first year we lived here my my wife worked for the city of dublin (coughs) it was a whole freaking whole freaking thing um but yeah this looks i think um i mean those we make those comparisons the community make those comparisons sure i i think i think hilliard um and those those in the city and the city officials i think want to make hilliard Unique and into its own, so they are sure. they certainly. I think are striving to make something that's that's just for Hilliard and is unique to Hilliard. Sure. But I suppose it's, it's kind of hard to avoid among the residents um, the comparisons, right? And you know, and and, and, and the community center I went to that sits there now is mm-hmm. built in nineteen late nineteen seventies, I believe. Uh, so sure, those amenities you know clearly weren't probably as good as some na- neighboring communities right and i've been i've so. been in the in the one we got now near the uh near the pool hillary community center yeah, yeah. it's beside the pool I, so I you know that right now went to recreation classes there in the summer put colored sand in a jar <laughs> my son went to preschool there <laughs> okay. um you know it's uh it's inter- it's just again it's a it's an illustration and i return to it regularly it's the cycle you know we just happen to be in a different development cycle as a suburb than a lot of other suburbs of similar age. (laughs) And it's simply because things happened at a different pace relative to everywhere else. A lot of people have said this. It was, quote-unquote, hard to do business in Hilliard when it came to getting things done and through a process. (laughs) As we're seeing in this state of the city... Getting things through this process doesn't necessarily seem to be the problem any longer. Right. You know, that is some of the professionalization of the services that we've acquired by having, you know, a true city manager who is professionalizing the office in a lot of different ways and the administration in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, again, just returning to the cycle uh, reference, we're just at that point where now is the time to see and understand how all this stuff happens and how it happens in an ongoing way so that the people here can better feel connected to that development and feel like they are not left out of the process of that development. Because ultimately, all this is going to happen in 15 years. Like The things that are going to happen to Hilliard in the next 15 years, mm-hmm. internal development within the city boundaries edge development other municipalities annexing open land and territory becoming incorporated Mm -hmm. this is all very fluid and things are going to happen over the next 15 years so the time unfortunately with all these different resources and things happening uh, is now to get a handle on all this stuff so you know we took we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, annexation you mentioned to me before we went on I think that's it right there. You know, the starting gun is off. And uh, some more of these things that we'll talk about here. Uh, 
equity, for example, that True Point development going in along their previously undeveloped land along the highway mm -hmm. there uh, is one of these things that is a major large-scale operation. Talk a little bit about that one. Uh, equity is developing a mixed-use development uh, adjacent to its corporate headquarters there on Truman Boulevard. And this is land they've been on for 20 years? It's been there for some time. Uh, it has. The uh, land has been there the whole time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so uh, they're Sorry. doing a mixed-use development. Um, uh, restaurants, uh, retail, um, apartments. Um, and it is to include, um, equity um, told me, uh, they're not divulging any any names, specific names of restaurants yet, but there's a concentrated effort to uh, to land a few restaurants and things that aren't anywhere else um, yeah. in central Ohio, perhaps not in the state of Ohio. Fresh, um, fresh concepts, huh? Bojangles. Yeah, everybody's looking for that Bojangles. <laughs> hey, underrated little bit of development news in the old Burger King in the Mill Run Plaza. I was about to say that. My son noticed that. Popeyes. Popeyes. Okay. I thought they were putting... <laughs> Which... Look out. Was that what used to be the rapid fire? It was rapid yes. fire. Okay. Yeah. It's right next to the Huntington Bank. Uh, Dominic took notice of that. Um, yeah. I, I didn't think much of it. Which reminds me of another story um, from my reporting past. Uh, Max and Irma's, which was Frisch's for anybody my age, but uh, Max and Irma's closed there, and um, Sheets opened uh, a location there. And I think that might have been... They've opened a lot more since, but when that one opened, um, they hadn't that many... Sheet, there weren't that many sheets yet in Central Ohio. I was I was this close to picketing the sheets, <laughs> holding up a sign saying, I wish you were a Wawa. <laughs> See? But me being born and raised my whole life in Hilliard, right. I'm not aware of, of the followings that some of these other places have. Swenson's is another example. Sure. So to me, Sheets was just some gas station I passed when I was driving to Pittsburgh or something. Right. I, I didn't think anything of it. That's a Yinzer so, spot. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not go to that planning and zoning meeting that Thursday night. So Friday morning, you know, I check into the, to, to see, you know, what happened at planning and zoning. And I was discussing with my editor. And I said, oh, that Max and Irma's, by the way, it's going to be a, a Sheets gas station. And, he, and my editor said, did you, you said sheets? I said, yeah, you, you got to do something on that right now. No, it's, it's, it's a gas station, so what? And It's more, it's more. It, it's more absolutely, it is. The whole culture. And I, I saw on the website, uh, and there's lots of transplants that live here in Columbus. Mm -hmm. That's something else I've noticed with my job because I ask people where they live, where they're from. Mm -hmm. And just a disproportionate number of people live here from Youngstown, Baynesville, Chardon, Boardman. I just. Akron, Stowe, all those, sure. they all live down here. Sure. Um, well, you can see that on a Wednesday because you can't get up 71 North the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. If you want to drive south, open road, sure. uh, more or less. But it is absolute gridlock because uh, that many people are going home to see mom and dad in yeah. Northeast Ohio. Uh, but they knew what they knew what Sheets was. Right. So all these comments were from people living in Hilliard. Oh, my God, I haven't had Sheets since I moved. Uh, same thing with Swenson's uh, mm -hmm. when, uh, when Swenson's opened. Uh, I had no idea the following that that restaurant had in, that, in Cleveland. Is that Cleveland? Yeah. Okay. They started in Akron. Uh, okay. and then, and I, well, all the previous locations were in the Akron suburbs and the Cleveland suburbs. And I think the very first one opened in 1934. I should have took notes if I realized I would talk about Swenson's. 
Yeah, uh, great galley boys there. Awesome galley boys. Before I, I, they I, dis- before anyone discovered the drive-through, <laughs> <laughs> the drive-in, <coughs> right? The drive-up. But uh, restaurants or something. So Popeyes will get noticed too. Um, that's in Columbus, it. technically. Actually, it is in Columbus. So um, sometimes I d- I'm not aware of uh, right. what happens out there. Um, I'm going to die within <laughs> a year after they open that. K- Kmart, the Kmart used to be in Mill Run. Uh-huh. Uh, they came to City Council, Hillary City Council, to get some signage changed. Uh, they were changing their, I think they're going uh, with a different, different set of signs. Mm-hmm. And they applied for signage to change on the storefront and on the monument sign out on Fishinger Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And... They said, well, we approved the sign for your storefront, but you have to go to Columbus for the monument sign because oh it's in Columbus. Good God. And the city also told uh, Kmart that you couldn't put pallets out in the – they couldn't put things out in the parking lot for display. And they said, well, the store down there does, the Lowe's does, mm-hmm. Lowe's is in Columbus. <laughs> so Hillary has different enforcement um, issues. Uh, there's somebody out in the um, – uh, what's next? <laughs> well, there's somebody. There's somebody selling. Um, I, I forgot we're live with this. Yeah, right out in front of right out in front of uh, your donut shop. Uh, someone sets a table up and sells. Every once in a while, sells honey. honey. Did you sell and, honey right off? The, and I don't know. I really right don't know if that's allowable or not. But 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 I also but that's also sitting in Columbus, and it just makes it. I think a little less likely. I mean, Hilliard, when they go out and look for things that are that are code enforcement questions, mm-hmm. I think it's they it's a smaller area to cover, um, and I think it's easier for Hilliard to go around and look for those sorts of things than than Columbus. Sure, it so. is the, that little corner where the donut shop is, and that that's like wild Columbus. And if you ask the and if you ask the thirty five thousand people that live in the city of Hilliard, mm-hmm. if George Donut Shop or Nasties is in Hilliard or Columbus. I would say eighty-five percent or ninety percent are going to say, "Oh, it's in Hilliard." Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you know it's it's a Hilliard address. Yeah. It's actually in Columbus, and you know it's a it's a pillar of the Hilliard community. People aren't aware of the uh, boundary changes, and part of that is naming uh, South on Hilliard Rome Road. You, you are well into Columbus, and there must be. A half a dozen or half dozen things that, that have Hilliard in the name, mm-hmm. right? And it's in Columbus, but they right. call it the uh, apartments. They'll call it Hilliard, Hilliard Green. I think is in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some apartments uh, I think with Hilliard in the name that are on Roberts Road mm-hmm. uh, between Walcott and Hilliard Rome Road near Lucky's uh, that has Hillard in the name. That's in there. That's Hilliard in the name. That's in Columbus. Yeah, I think that uh, Hilliard is. Well, part of that's the school district. If you go to Hilliard schools, I think most people will just say they live in Hilliard. I mean, unless they're way out on the outskirts of the school district where... Uh... Right. I think it's coming due to a time when people need to really learn the boundaries. and Because if they don't know the boundaries, they don't fully understand their power or potential power. Because, um, you know, quick brief example... Ran for council several years ago. First time I tried to get on the ballot, I just had a lot of people signing my petition as mm-hmm. they came through the donut shop. Because right. it was easy for me to witness signatures there, etc., etc. However, a lot of people that signed it stating confidently to me, mm-hmm. straight to my face, that they were definitely oh, Hilliard yeah. residents, uh, definitely were not Hilliard I residents. Remember. Right. So, you know, I, I've felt the pain of that. And I felt the pain of people feeling like they had misunderstood. Like, oh, I really blew it. And that's not what anybody wants. That's not what I want for this 
program. I want people to hear about this stuff. I want people to understand its dimensions. I want people to ask more questions about it. I want people to push things forward. So, I, You know what, Jordan? I wonder how many people in this country write their address on an envelope. Right? Because all those people, when they're writing down their address, write the word Hilliard. Yeah. And in their mind... They live in Hilliard because that's their address. And then they find their their street sign is green and they live in Columbus. No dispute. I, that's, that's weird. I wonder how widespread that phenomenon is in the U.S. I imagine in the regularly changing boundaries surrounding uh, developing areas where there's counties being incorporated and annexed all the time. Maybe now's a good time to just go ahead and talk about that. Tell me a little bit about this bit of land that's going to be annexed. I've not looked... Um, I don't have the details on that, but there, okay. there, there is... It will be annexed... It's proposed to be annexed into... From Norwich Township into Columbus. And it's on the, <coughs> it's on the west side... The west side of Dublin Road. Let me find the um, email here on it. Um, 7.8 acres in Norwich Township. Um, it is the petitioners are repar properties, R E P A R properties. And uh, eight, eight, eight acres? 7.8 acres. Mm. Uh, it's an infill annexation. Uh, it's currently residential, zone residential. Mm. And the anticipated use is apartment residential and commercial. Well, there you go. Um, Mixed use. Is that describing True Point a little bit? Okay. So what was it you said? We'll, we'll segue into annexation. We're talking about Columbus, and uh, um, you said uh, if other cities had where one city here and one city there, a different, a different city. Sure, it's this push and pull. And what I like currently about uh, the way I feel like Hilliard is shaping a lot of this conversation is it's, you know, and in, in this was mentioned in the state of the city, it's a little more in infill development taking advantage of existing spaces within the city mm-hmm. uh, that are ripe for redevelopment that are underdeveloped that have uh, potential uh, either under current or rezonings to be uh, transformed you know and I think we're sitting on a street that has benefited from a lot of that policy uh, in you know Franklin Street uh, but also this equity project true point um, you know, it's going to be $100 million, uh, and they're going to build it along Truman Boulevard, which is something that got put in 10 to 15 years ago, uh, has been steadily growing and increasing in uh, commercial development, mm-hmm. and it's going to be, uh, you know, seen from end to end as fully developed with this completion of True Point. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some room on the inside of the road there for other things to happen but this is largely kind of the fulfillment of that 28 acre development uh 2100 feet of frontage uh multi-family dwelling units uh 359 units five buildings parking garage on site parking garages on site two two of them Um, two six-story parking garages i've read Additionally, expected to include restaurants. Uh, we mentioned that a little bit. You know, we talked about that. Talked about Popeyes. Got distracted by Popeyes, honestly. Mm-hmm. I got to say these things. And then we talked about how, you know, Hilliard is pressing uh, in all sorts of directions. Uh, we're developing what lies within at the moment with some of these things currently. But, um, you know, there was a, a 
discussion of eight acres of annexation just off of Dublin Road that we got into a little <clears throat> bit. And if you wanted to talk about that, Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, I'll read some, for some notes here. Uh, there's 7.8 acres, but there's an additional six acres that will be added to this, or the plan is to add to that. Hmm. Um, on the west side of Dublin, Dublin Road. So it's interesting. Uh, so far, they've only the Franklin County Commissioners uh, two weeks ago or just last week uh, passed a resolution stating that there was capacity for water, that there was capacity for water and sewer services to provide those services to it. Hmm. The annexation of it is a separate process that hasn't occurred yet. It's really interesting. We'll have to see, uh, you know, what Hilliard's response is to that because again, I I think it is that. You know that sawtooth effect. The those those are streets. Those are established streets. You know, my wife grew up over there, and you know it was Hilliard Davidson all the way, like the the main uh, original high school or the first <coughs> high school, however you want to call it. Uh, it was that development. There was all sorts of stuff in that vein. I I think it's interesting that there's still a level of give and take in the uh, in the boundary lines. Uh, and it's not just on the edges and on the periphery, but sometimes uh, internally based on services provision, you know, based on ability to provide that type of stuff. Right. So. I'll, I'll be interested to see what kind of NIMBY activity we see, the pushback mm. from the surrounding neighborhoods, just because that stretch of Dublin Road, you have your fancy riverfront communities on the one side, on the uh, east side, and on the west side you have... Mark Twain Road or Street or whatever that is, you know, those are those are uh, pretty densely packed, really uh, nice houses. It's in the forty seven hundred block of Dublin Road, forty seven forty seven and forty seven eighty one, which I think puts it about where you're describing. Right, that's where th we got an email from a reader who was talking about the white barn that's there. So I drove past that the other day, and I was like, oh, here? They're trying to put apartments here? Mm. There, people will be screaming. Mm. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Watch this space, everybody. Watch I'm sure it'll come, it'll come to Some the Some of these have existing residents on them. So. Right. Sure. So, so they're going to have there's to, an, right. and a ton of trees and stuff that are going to get leveled. That's going to really change the look of that road, mm. I would imagine. Hey, question. It looks like there's about 12 residences there that would be um, on Seattle Slough Drive and Dublin Road and Shire Mill Road. That, okay. That would be presumably um, demolished and right. redeveloped. Wow. Right. Uh, speaking of development, um, on Lyman, mm -hmm. near Wreck, mm -hmm. behind the Mount Carmel they put in, they've started work on a big development. I drove past on Lyman, but the the signs showing what they're building were facing the freeway, so I didn't mm. I didn't see them. Do we know no. what's going in there? No, I'm afraid I don't. I don't. <clears throat> but I did want to talk about uh, something on Lyman. We'll have to figure that out, though. Yeah. Uh, I did want to talk about something on Lyman Drive. I want to chat about Converge Technology real quick. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I've been in the facility. Um, when it first opened, um, I had a tour of the facility. Okay. And when did it open, Oh, five years ago. Really? Maybe, okay. maybe only, th maybe three to five years ago. I think they started discussing how to go forward with it four to five years ago. I remember there were a few uh, preliminary things that went through council. Um, 
provision of certain internet connections and different things like that uh, that presaged them actually turning the lights on. So I think it's only been an open operating concern for about three to three and a half years. This is featured in the state of the city. I think I I watched the um, video presentation on it. Um, You know, it seems to me to be like a, a technology incubator. I think they're trying to set the uh, standard and expectation that you can come here as a small developer and get time in a solid facility uh, to work and on your projects and to test bed your stuff and to do things here that are using technology and lingo that I don't really know the ins and the outs of. Mm. But it seems to be a pitch for Hilliard to become very friendly to that kind of level of development in the tech sector like so i i don't know i i think you know it's engineer based it's engineer level stuff right there are people that are working at desks on projects Uh, in the building different businesses uh, right um, within this um, what kind of facility 2019 i have a story of 2019 that i think i wrote within a year of it opening okay what kind of facilities do they have in there? I'm, you know, unfamiliar with this. I, I saw it and I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Well, it's a pretty nice spot. Um, it's the former Ray Hall Racing building, mm-hmm. right? That's right. So that's where they used to build Indy cars for Bobby Ray Hall's racing team. Did Ray Hall Letterman, actually, right? Did they have both of those buildings? Because the uh, one that Wreck is in is still <coughs> half occupied by Ray Hall. Okay, then yes. Okay. Or uh, I think there was a highlight. I think I addressed that in my there. story too. Uh, the, the what property was acquired to do that? Right. That's the Zaner Blazer. That's another building down. Fair. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm, scanning, I'm scanning the story from 2019. No, no. Uh, some interesting uh, handwriting to, to cite uh, intellectual uh, property. Uh, to cite what uh, what companies were working out of there. So. Right. Because I think the thing that I'm. <coughs> Principally, you know, I I wanted to know more about Converge because, um, you know, they got a really nice uh, contract with the police department to develop some stuff, some, some drones, some drones and things like that. So I was I was curious about that myself, um, and I I remain curious about that because it's one you know it's one thing to invite a certain kind of development and to subsidize a certain kind of development mm-hmm. and you know support a certain kind of development i think you know i would be a big hypocrite if i did not say i didn't support in a lot of ways direct government subsidy of the development of infrastructure and industry Mm -hmm. um i do and i think we should do more of it i think it should benefit more people more broadly i think is my my general point sure um but i think you know Converge is a developing uh, business. They have a thing called City Lab. It, it seems to be that's the uh, partnership and pairing with the city more directly. And I think Converge Technologies is something else, you know, under their umbrella of organization. I'm sure they've got it all laid out a certain way. But uh, we'll watch. I, I'll be watching uh, and checking in and seeing what comes out of there because, you know, that's the bleeding edge and I love to see uh, what uh, what's on the developing the developing fronts of that kind of stuff um, moving on uh, to the last two uh, mentions I want to go through on this state of the city recap 
kind of the more eye-popping uh, potential of the uh, evening was, I thought, personally, Amtrak. Like, if we got passenger rail into this city, um, I to Chicago, to Pittsburgh, to Cleveland. I've been going to more baseball games in those cities. Just. Baseball season starts today, by the way. You know, I. Light ball! I believe in. Holy cow! Chicago. I believe in so much of what people in America want. And I think that a freedom of mobility, a freedom to go places and see other things and be. Uh, able to move in and out of other other areas, I think that's good. I think that's good for people to see and be able to do. And I think uh, infrastructure-wise, we are way overdue for a deep reinvestment in rail, and passenger rail. Um, As more trains derail around the country. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we we're way overdue for more investment in rail. <laughs> they have yeah. been strip-mining <clears throat> that industry instead of uh, instead of supporting themselves. Well, something that comes up. I mean, careful what you wish for. Have you tried to take Amtrak anywhere? No. I have Because I can't get to Amtrak from here. Right. Uh, look into uh, tales of Amtrak performance over the past decade. And, mm-hmm. and again... I'm only aware of one bad one. Caref- careful, careful what you wish this for. This year. <laughs> well, you know, that's why I say... Like, if they're going to be building new service, right. if they're going to be investing in this stuff, if they're mm-hmm. going to be incorporating it as part of a vision for an overall infrastructure which more thoroughly links the Midwest together via passenger transportation, mm-hmm. I think the best way to go, the best bang for your buck, is to reinvest in passenger mass transit. That, Jordan, that makes a lot of sense. So, it's normal Amtrak... Scare tales from the last ten years when they've been when this whole thing has been you know strip mined for money and resources like as an industry I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not worried about that I think it if it becomes the national preference you know you see how fast they bend over backwards to bend these uh, bail these airlines out of uh, bankruptcy and all these things right. they will turn around and do that for whatever the national preference is and if it's for a brand new freshened up National rail infrastructure. I think well, we've good. all stated we take a rail. Well, oh, I, I would go to Chicago. I would go to Chicago. I'd certainly. Do you, I'd certainly do you think give it that's a the majority? Because yeah. it I seems. I, I do not. I, I'm not. Like I'm not so sure. I, I, I agree with you, Tim. I, I, I don't know, and I'm not sure how Amtrak would would gauge that. Um, well, that's going to be that's going to be our new poll this week. I got to tell you, our last poll underperformed. Did not. A did bit. not perform. <laughs> No, here's my point is... But there would be a good question. Do you ride Coda? I don't ride Coda. I, I did I, when I was in college. It, it <laughs> seems that people in Columbus any... like their cars and want to be in charge of their own ways of getting places. Well, that um, I think is... A... I think. I, 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 I just, sure. just from what I've generally sometimes read, uh, I, I think Columbus is, loves their cars more maybe than some other cities of comparable size based on the lack of or the less than average use of other modes of public transportation. Well, if you live in if you both live and work on a on a busy Coda line, then Coda is an option for you. I can't imagine trying to commute into Columbus from Hilliard using Coda. 
there's not there's just not a lot of service. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend two hours on your commute, that's not a good deal. Yeah. And regarding Amtrak, hey, it may be great to get an Amtrak station in Columbus to connect this to Cleveland, Chicago, Cincinnati, but that is not gonna mean that Amtrak is gonna all of a sudden stop sucking. Oh come on now. And that Maybe that's not fair, but you know, adding more stations without a nationwide reinvestment in rail, which I'm telling you, who's who's the big money pushing that? The federal government, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, they're not in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're getting political stuff. I've never rode a train in the United States. So I lived on the no, East Coast. Not a passenger train. I lived on the East Coast. We took an Amtrak when I was a kid. We took Amtrak from Philly to Orlando to go to Disney World. That was an interesting trip with many fun tales. Uh, and when I lived in Baltimore for a decade, I would take, uh, I would train up to Philly. I would train up to New York City sometimes. You know, it's an option there because it's so dense. Because that metropolitan area is sort of a huge agglomeration. It's not hard to get a train. Because it's so dense because it's so built because it's so perpetual because it's so necessary because that's what it is. Like, right. I think what we're kind of hinting at is like, are we really ripe? Is it really time? Like, I think rail service somewhere into Columbus mm-hmm. and out of Columbus. To Chicago, to Cleveland, to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and then from Cleveland to New York, mm-hmm. like bang, 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 that is very attractive, like on a region scale. So, like, that's the thing. I think it really just comes down to, like, you know, what are the proposed stations? Well, the proposed stations are currently Cleveland, Cleveland Hopkins Airport. Crestline, Delaware, Columbus, Springfield, Dayton, Sharonville, Cincinnati. Right. Of that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven would be new stations. Mm -hmm. Right? So what I'm assuming is the Columbus station is has not been decided yet. Right. So for the Columbus region, Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're thinking they're going to come to Delaware and stop in Delaware and then further into Columbus somewhere. So that's where Hilliard is hoping to come into this, right? And if it's Hilliard, then you get on in Hilliard and you go to Chicago. And you go to Cleveland back the other direction and then you can get off and go to New York. I mean, I don't know, man. That sounds really good to me. <laughs> One, I, you know, there are any number of likely outcomes for that. I yeah, think, I mean, you know, I nothing. One of the more likely my outcomes, whole life, <laughs> I think one of the forty-five more, years, nothing, nothing well, in that line. <laughs> Jordan, I think the fact that Columbus, as large of a city as it is, having no rail passenger rail service, is more of an indication that passenger rail is dead. Mm-hmm. That is, that's my interpretation, and it's probably it's not very charitable. I'm gonna push back on that, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you finish, as they say. What I think is, if if the Amtrak station goes into Hilliard, I think we're gonna have a front row seat to seeing. Holy crap! No one's taking trains. <laughs> I think that is, I think that's likely. And I, boy, I hope I hope I'm wrong about that. Well, I, I mean, would love you, to be proven wrong about that. Sure. Point number one. 
what you're missing is this is a rail corridor, which means it's not puttering around. It's not taking 15 stops around Columbus, right? Right. Which you're saying is mundane, which I agree. Which, on the one hand, I think it would be transformative because what you're describing is not that passenger rail is dead. What you're describing is passenger rail in Columbus has been precluded by the design of the highway system around Columbus. Sure. The Beltway Highway System is a form of insulation against mass transit. Yes. Because as built infrastructure, there it is. People love their cars. People will use it. It's already done. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is pay the highway tax, and then it's very passive, and you pay a bunch of people to go out and maintain them, and then that's that. Mm -hmm. I think the change agent is the transformative potential of... Mass distances traveled. Real destinations on the other end of those distances and newness. Mm -hmm. It's fresh. I think it would be amazing. Like, Kevin, tell me it wouldn't be great to hop on a train in the morning. First go thing watch, I thought of. Go watch a game in Chicago in the afternoon. Be on the train riding back. Wake up in time to hop off the station. Walk back to your house. That's that. I'm not like, arguing that that wouldn't be great. I agree that would be great. I also think that big tire, big gas, big auto, all of these industries will inveigh against that kind of thing, and they'll win. Well, I mean, that remains to be seen, I guess. They, I mean, they already won. Uh, we can try and fight back, but they already won. That's why there is no rail. I, there used to be commuter rail in Columbus. Yes, absolutely. There was a very well-developed... Uh, Streetcars, you know, street yeah. right? And that was street destroyed, cars. and I don't think anything like that's coming back. Well, you know, and I, prove I, me wrong, please prove me wrong. Yeah, fair yeah. enough, definitely fair enough. But like I said, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know, certain developments precluded others from happening, right. right? Like the ubiquity of the automobile at the time that Columbus was really hitting that transformative stage of its development cycle. It said this is the pattern and right. people live in patterns you know like to say all the time and i it's a very famous quote and anybody can look it up it's, you know you free to make history you know you can go out and do whatever you want with your life but you don't make the conditions under which you perform those acts that's true. right mm -hmm. so the idea that uh there's a demand for passenger rail or a or an inclination to develop it um, now it is up to whether or not that inclination can muster the social forces. Sure. Uh, sure. And if they can, you know, it'll happen. Because I think the adoption will happen quickly. Because people here have never had that. People here have never had that. And like you said, this is a city of transplants. This is a city of people from here, from there, from Stowe, from Lisbon, Ohio, from <laughs> wherever that... I grew up on a canal, man. I didn't grow up on the highway or anything like that. Uh, to get an opportunity to travel to other major cities by rail in a day, it would be all I would want from a from a, a development standpoint, you know. So uh, whether or not it ever happens, that will be up to uh, uh, the social forces whether or not they can come together and, and make it a, a pressing demand. Uh, lastly, just wanted to share, uh, and I thought, again, this is the kind of stat that just jumps right out at everybody. 
uh, tax revenues. Uh the city income tax revenue, nearly $47 million in 2022. It's more than three times the amount, $13 million, it received 20 years ago. Now, that is the kind of stat that makes everybody go, what? (laughs) But when you think about the population growth and you think about all the other things that have gone into making Hilliard the different city it is now from the one then, this is... The result. Uh, measure, this is the measurable result. Sure. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people that live here uh, going through all this have said, my Hilliard's gone, my Hilliard is different, Hilliard that I grew up in is this, that, or the other. Uh, here's my statement on that. That's what all that money is for. That money is the summation of people saying what Hilliard was is worth this much. It's worth that much for me to live here. It's worth that much for me to be a part of this. This is what those taxes are. What those taxes are harnessed for, that is your power. That is your goal. That is your ability to say, you know, the Hilliard that was doesn't exist anymore. The Hilliard that is is being shaped by the revenues generated <laughs> by turning that crank. Right. Right? What comes out the other side is going to be up to who? The car companies that have already won? The gas companies that have already won? The corporations that have already won? Or is it going to be up to you? Is it going to be up to you, good people of Hilliard? Is it going to be up to you to support local journalism efforts in the face of all this? Is it going to be up to you uh, to demand that the city grow in the ways that you want and support the initiatives that you deem important and uh, get behind the things that you want to see? Uh, because that is really what it is about now. You know, We are professionalizing. We are making deals. We are in the conversation for national rail service, and we've got Amazon putting up uh fronts all over the place right. you know hilliard is in it what sure, comes sure. out of it it's up to you the citizens of hilliard that are listening <laughs> to my voice right now that's true and that's one of the reasons we're doing this we want to yeah. mobilize the people that live here yeah to to pay attention what are they building yeah who can i talk to right what do i have to do to Exert my influence over the over what I want to see happen here. I think you know what we're doing here is an is a really important part of that, and I think we can do a better job of that than Gannett ever could. No, we're about to find out. Yep. Uh, we're moving on to next week. Want to give us a quick preview of what you've got on tap? Uh, I'll look more into the annexation that we discussed. Um, although there's not much to say about that except to describe where it is and what's been proposed. <clears throat> until, it, until, it gets to, until it gets to the Columbus Development Commission or, yeah. to, or to the zoning until, until it gets to the zoning decisions that will be made in Columbus I'll talk to, I'll talk to uh, a couple <clears throat> people I know in that far west side uh, commission uh, it there's a far be west them, area commission but it would be in their nexus and I think they could talk broadly about how some of that 
edge development works and she might uh, some of these people might be able to come in and actually sit in with us and talk a little bit about it so that might be cool that'd be great uh, alright well I look forward to that anything else that comes up we might have a few surprises a couple curveballs to split the split the article up next week and, and split the show up that follows but uh, I'd like to thank everybody again uh, for your kind support we are surpassing uh, 50 subscribers paid subscribers this week and we are over 500 uh, free subscribers. So thank you again. This was our most opened uh, article on Substack and our most viewed article on Substack already. So uh, great job, Kevin. Good job on uh, picking out the stories that people want to see, sharing important information that people want to know. Thank you, Tim, for pitching in, as always. Um, I really think that we've got something cool in the pipeline as far as behind the paywall. Uh, As I alluded to briefly earlier, um, the poll was inconclusive, 50-50 tie, uh, single-digit respondents. Uh, so I think I will just take this where I want to. And if it's maybe one of these and one of those and maybe a little bit of an exploratory dabble in this direction and an exploratory dabble in that direction, I think maybe that'll be just fine. So until next time, I remain Jordan Smith, and I've been joined by Tim Hoffman and Kevin Corvo. We are providing the Hilliard Beacon to you fine subscribers and we hope to join you uh next week uh and we'll see you then thank you very much have a great today see you next time